0: What's up Rockstars, Matt Johnson. We are back with a phenomenal conversation with Alan Cobb. He is the founder of Pipeline Squared. Super, super interesting business. What Pipeline Squared does is they essentially take over, I take most of the burden of lead generation off of high-level business coaches and consultants. So in other words, people who spend most of their time in offices with CEOs and leadership teams uh, a lot of times find that the relationship-driven prospecting uh, is the thing that falls by the wayside because they spend so much time delivering the high-level service that they offer. Now, this is a very common problem that a lot of us face if you're in any type of coaching, consulting, or creative work, especially if you're starting out and your brain is the thing that the client is renting essentially when they pay you. So what what alan started and coming from a software background We talked a little bit about why that may had such an impact on the structure of his agency and why they focus on this but he basically started a Uh, what became a marketing agency for those types of folks and takes over and just applies a lot of discipline and focus and rigor and follow up to the process of leveraging relationships they already have to get strategic introductions and get in front of the next round of people that are most likely to sign up as clients that are that are based on the profile of people that they're already working with successfully. So I love the fact that Alan's agency is extremely focused. It's extremely disciplined in who they go after. The question for a lot of the people, if you're listening to this will be okay. Well, yeah, okay. I, I could, I could, I could go after one very specific market. But what happens when I exhaust that market? Or how do I survive in the meantime? And Alan, Alan has a great answer to that. For that, and we get into why it's better to go after another very very narrow very deep focus and just have let's say three or four maybe five of those rather than trying to sell it to everybody and so it's a very specific strategy that Alan is pursuing and how he's building the agency so that as much as possible he can do one thing for one ideal type of client and then once you figure out who that ideal client is how do you go out and find more of them so Alan's doing for his agency exactly what he does for his clients so walking the walk so it's a phenomenal conversation I'm really excited to share it with you uh alan is super sharp and i hope you check out the company pipeline squared so let's jump in with alan Cobb. alan officially welcome to the ux podcast
1: appreciate it man thanks for having me
0: yeah i'm super pumped uh there's a lot of different directions that we we can go but we're going to try to keep it like exemplifying what we're talking about and we'll try to keep the interview as focused as your agency is so uh you come from a, a interesting background and it directly affects how you ran the agency and even your whole goal with what you wanted the agency to be. So let's talk a little bit about kind of your, your background in software and how that led to you starting what you have.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think every, everybody's course is a little bit of fade in it. Right. And, and, uh, ended up here, I think looking back on my days, um, uh, helping run a software company. One of the things I always thought about was that the, the software is kind of your point of leverage, um, in, in the SaaS based business. And, um, hopefully putting more people on, on the um, software, continue to enhance that, that software's um, features and benefits and, and keeping a, a very good retention rate, you know, you're basically kind of building this annuity stream underneath you. Um, so I've always, I think a part of me still now that we're uh, basically in an agency and running an agency thinks about, um, what are those leverage points in being in a service-based business that helps you try to scale, helps you deliver um, uh, to your, your clients as effectively as you can? And um, it's, I guess, kind of a, you know, a, a, a principle that I always go back to and think about as we're either exploring new opportunities or, or figuring out how to do something better uh, than, than the way that we're, we're doing it currently.
0: Yeah, and that's interesting because I think uh, most of us that have kind of a, um, we have the skill set to do something service-related. So let's say it's coaching or consulting. Like in your case, you're doing, you're helping people market their services. So that kind of falls into the general category of marketing, consulting, or maybe agency work, depending on how you you are. Most people would come at it from the exact opposite perspective, which is I have this set of skills. How can I sell it in as many forms as possible to work with just about anyone that crosses my path? And what's interesting is you came at it from the exact opposite perspective, right? You were right away looking for how do we turn this into a business that really sells one thing to one person? And, and that's, it's, it's just, it's hard to stick to. I mean, first of all, you came to it with a unique perspective, but even if you come into it, and that was the goal, it's extremely difficult to actually make that happen.
1: I think so. I think, I think you're right in that uh, maybe it is a different approach. And, but honestly, something that terrified me is thinking that you'd wake up and have 40 clients in 38 different industries or verticals and you're now a subject matter expert in each one of those things mm-hmm. uh, versus a, a concept maybe of going narrow and deep and, and be getting really good at a core set of, of deliverable items that, you know, more than one person can, uh, can benefit from because you know, they're either in different geogra- geographic territories uh, or, you know, they're doing the same thing, but they're not actually competitive on the surface. Um,
0: yeah yeah that, that's a really interesting thing so just let's take a step back for a second and tell people who your ideal client is because that'll it'll make more sense once they understand that
1: well yeah I think we're we're continuing to uh, explore what verticals work for us we have had and we do work with um, business consultants business coaches typically that have um, you know a a program or um, a a toolkit that they they sell or deliver um, that uh, there and there are several of them like operating systems uh, for your for your business for a growing business that's one of the areas and, and one of the types of coaches that that we've worked with. We're also exploring things or we we see opportunities where um, there are groups of CEOs around the country that are in like mastermind groups or you know peer groups mm-hmm. where all of them, if you looked at them on paper, you would think they're direct competitors of each other. Mm. However, they really just service their geographic territory. So, mm. you know, if one of them is in Raleigh and one of them is in California, um, they actually would love, you know, collaborating together and solving problems. And, um, and oftentimes, if you can find that type of a scenario where if you can build a playbook or a service delivery, One of those CEOs, and all of a sudden you now have access to a hundred or two of them, 200 of them on a referral basis that all participate in some type of uh, mastermind, peer group, you know, best practice sharing, whatever they're meeting on a monthly or quarterly basis, that can become a really powerful um, point of scale for for your, your service offering at your agency.
0: Yeah, if you have that one thing for one very specific type of person, you get into an environment where they can talk about you and, and they're talking about you to the other sets of people who are also your ideal clients. I think one of the advantages of something like what you guys have to offer and the way that you guys have structured it is it's easy for someone to tell somebody about you. And it's easy for them to tell somebody in a way that makes sense and is not just focused on how awesome Alan is, They can, they can tell people about the results that they can expect and what the deliverable is, not just that you're a genius, right? Because the problem with that is, is if people tell you other people, you're a genius, they just want more of you. And so those referrals end up perpetuating the problem. They don't, they don't, they don't help you get any leverage, right? In fact, they often work against you. They, they decrease your leverage. They make you get more involved. So I think what you guys have, as long as you can, and what I love about what you guys are doing is that you found a very specific defined vertical. But when you decided to look outside of that, you didn't go, okay, now let's go from this one very narrow focus to everyone, which is what most people do. You went, okay, what's another very specific, very deep vertical that we can go in on? And let's just serve us two or three or four of these, but let's go deep in each area. If, that, if I'm understanding the strategy right.
1: That's exactly right. Um, I think the, the way to boil that down would be if in three years, if you had a three-year picture and one of, your, one of your numbers or metrics was to be 40 clients. Um, it's a lot different to have 40 clients, just how did we get them? Not quite sure we're doing good work um, versus we, we think that to get there and what success looks like is 40 clients in either three or four defined spaces mm-hmm. that it's up to us to go and find and actually uh, vet and mm-hmm. do our diligence that we think has all of the criteria points that we're looking for. Um, to actually be one of those verticals that, that, that we can you know be successful in. And so that's more how we define our thinking and our strategic about our business development efforts. and And you know there's a criteria set, I guess in the background that when we feel like we've checked most of the boxes, all right now let's let's go and let's start doing an experiment and seeing if we're right that this is vertical number two or vertical number three.
0: Mm-hmm. And, yeah.
1: and I think another lesson there too was in, in the software company I was a part of, It, it basically we ended up in a, a big pivot being an okay. electronic medical record specifically designed for use in schools. And so okay. if you think about a vertical there, you could have tons of people that characterize that as a healthcare company. You could have ton, a ton of people saying it's a SaaS business and some people saying it's a technology shop. Mm-hmm. and what we're trying to avoid is saying that we are a healthcare agency, because what does that really mean? You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's actually, this is a, we have found a vertical where there's more of you around the country that are going to listen to the story of the results that we're, we're generating. And, um, and that's good for you and it's good for us. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And that's, uh, so let's talk about Because, yeah, there's there's so much there, but I'll try to keep it focused because there's what I'm curious about is the hardest part of all this is it sounds great. I think the average coach, consultant or agency owner in the abstract would love to have, let's say, 40 clients be in four or five very specific defined areas because they see the benefit of that. Right. They see the benefit of having clusters. So you get so there's there's some sharing of knowledge. There's definitely more reps in the game, in so to speak, in, in each of those industries. So you get a better sense of what works. And as David Baker says, you're not charging the client for you learning their industry, right? You they you, you're getting more clients come in, and they're benefiting from the other clients' experience. And you're able to deliver more, and you get more leverage, right? Um, so it sounds great once you've reached that. The discipline is how do you say no, right, to all the other opportunities that come up. So I'm curious just on the structural side of things. Initially, it's like saying no to yourself internally. There's the sales yeah. side of you that wants to sell stuff and the operations side that wants to deliver it. And it's all in one head. Uh, are you at the point where you're still like, you're, are you disciplined internally? Or are you at the point where you have sales guys or a sales guy coming to you and saying, hey, I've got somebody ready to send us a check and you have to tell them no. Like what stage are you at?
1: Well, I think, I think the discipline that you're you're seeking there is that you owe it before there's a we're ready to get a check that either there's a referral partner or some other uh, introduction that you can make to someone that's better suited for what they're really looking for. And I think that that's where we've tried to to focus more of our our energy. I mean, you could you could look at the old saying of well, why don't we let's just go make a mess, right? Right. And, and uh, let's just say yes to everything, and as a result, let's change that a little bit and say, "How do we make a strategic mess?" You know, and when we feel like we've established another one of these verticals or channels, that uh, that then we go make a mess in that in that vertical. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, completely agree. I, I love that approach. I think it just saves us a lot of a lot of heartache and confusion um, because I see it all the time. I see it with coaches and consultants, especially, and this is the the toughest thing is especially when you care about them and and you realize that they have really, truly amazing intellectual property that can genuinely help a lot of people in different industries. That's awesome. It's great. Super sharp people. The problem is from a marketing perspective, it's not in their best interest to try to help everyone. It's in their best interest to try to help a very specific, well-defined narrow set of people and it's just tough for them to do that. And, and I see them make that mistake of they figure out that something works for a very defined set of people. And then they immediately go, well, this would work for anyone. And now let's go market to anyone. And so it's just yeah it's it's very it's tough to watch but I think if we take the lesson from you of of looking for other very specific verticals it just saves us from a lot of heartache of not knowing why that approach isn't working. I have this amazing content. I feel like it applies to everyone. It works for these people over here but it's not selling to everyone else. Well there's a reason for that and it's because they can't look at themselves and go, "Oh, I'm in the right place." And I think what you guys are doing is once you pick out your next vertical you're going to clearly communicate that they're in the right place and that you have exactly the right service for them and why it's for them as at least when you go into that next, you're talking about CEOs. Um, you know, how, like, how do you I'm curious just how kind of how you'd phrase that but let's talk about the package a little bit and then we'll talk about how to get in contact with you. Um, so for the, the CEOs the the practitioners the folks that are that are business growth consultants, so to speak, especially right. if they're in the, the EOS world, which are a lot of your clients are uh, tell yeah. us a little bit about what you guys actually do and what that very narrowly defined packages that you sell.
1: Yeah, what what we've discovered there is that largely the the delivery of, of the service for a lot of these high end um, uh, you know coaches facilitators is uh, a product of a lot of their time. So what good is defined as what great is defined as is potentially three or four days a week um, being in a a room with a leadership team from mm-hmm. eight a.m. to five p.m. So we've tried to design a a set of of tools and a and a playbook that just helps stay on the day to day you know needs for business development marketing and and so being a good steward of their uh, pipeline mm-hmm. and making sure that the discipline and, and rigor and consistency that's needed on a daily weekly monthly basis is happening with nurturing and following up and Um, and also, uh, doing some prospecting to find where new introductions from, uh, people in their existing network, as well as just, uh, prospects based on some sales triggers that, that could be, uh, really intrigued to, to start learning about what their, the offers that they have. So we are a a behind the scenes, you know, kind of machine, um, working in, and, uh, their persona to, to help them continue to acquire new clients.
0: Love it. Yeah. And, and to me, what that means for for someone who's in the position of being that high-level expert consultant, uh, especially in the EOS world, they're really good at helping companies grow from, you know, a million, three million in revenue to five, 10, 15 million, like they they're really, really good at helping companies scale. But like you said, that means being in a room a lot, and and maybe that leaves an hour or two a week for business development, and it just doesn't get done, right? So then they have that classic roller coaster ride that everybody you know goes through, and so what you guys do is come alongside them, and you're taking care of a lot of those things behind the scenes. And I want to dip into the relationship marketing here in a second, um, but before we do that, just what's the best way to connect and learn more about you guys?
1: easiest thing is just email alan at pipelinesquared.com and alan is a-l-l-e-n
0: Perfect. All right. So Pipeline Squared. Uh, So let's talk about just the relationship. There's one key thing you mentioned there there, that that I want to dive deeper on in the last couple of minutes, which is introductions or looking for kind of opportunities to make those connections to other people in their network that you feel like might be good prospects. So tell me a little bit about the philosophy, just the kind of relationship marketing and why you feel like that's so effective rather than all the other universe of options, like let's say Facebook ads that are sold to consultants as the answer to this same problem.
1: Well, I think it goes back to what's the right uh, way to address uh, the the problem and the solution here. What good looks like at any one time is is anywhere from from twenty to thirty active clients. So you're not talking about you know hundreds and hundreds. And if you look at a defined target market, uh, the, the the pool to start from is is not. Uh, you know, an infinite number. Um, yeah. so you, you want to really make sure that you take the right shot on goal to the, getting an introduction to those people. Obviously they're in a relationship driven business to start with. And part of it is just, um, using the power of the relationships that they built in, in a way that they've earned the right to, to make an ask. Um, and because they've either gotten those results for the company that you spoke of earlier, uh, or they've just, you know, had other other parts of their relationship over time professionally that, that they know that those people will be more than willing to help them. So one of the mm-hmm. things I think that we're almost uh, somewhat of an accountability coach to, to make sure that it's getting done.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which the, it's interesting because you're, I, I think a lot of agencies are, uh, end up going this way if they really deeply care about whether the client gets results or not I think you always end up it leads inevitably to getting into kind of coaching your clients Even to the point where you almost have a, like a hybrid Agency and so we, we've talked to a few of them on this podcast that run kind of that structure Where they're an agency where there's an element of things that you're doing for them But there's things that they need to do that complement that and make that more effective And you're having to come along and coach them to do those things uh, and I think so, like I said, I think if you really care about your client's results, it inevitably kind of leads that way. So that makes total sense. Yeah. Love I,
1: like, I like that. Maybe that's yeah. something we need to explore.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Like once once you really cross that bridge where you care deeply about whether they're getting results from what you do or not, I think it just it leads to more communication and more accountability and coaching. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, I'm keeping an eye on just like how that's manifesting in different types of business models and whether you're, do you call it an agency? Do you call it a coaching company? Uh, cause I think it's just a problem that we all face that there's, we're in an interesting niche of time where there's only, so the things that we can purely do for the clients will only go so far. Right. So you you mentioned kind of reaching out and leveraging a relationship. That's, that's a high level marketing strategy. That's like, that's, it's no joke. It's and it's tough to execute and it almost always needs something from the client in order to be effective, even if it's just some of their time. right? Right. Um, and yeah, so I think we're, we, there's just, there's a very limited range of things that we can just purely do for the client that are super effective and everything else just requires kind of that, that working together element. Uh, and that's where that, uh, that creates that opportunity. So I love what you guys are doing. I love the focus. I love the discipline, the rigor that you bring, not only to your clients, but to your own agency and the firm that you guys are building. So I just love the kind of the, the approach that you guys are taking. So I'm super excited uh, to kind of bring and put you guys in front of our audience. And hopefully there's some folks in the audience that are either your ideal client clients. clients or can send you some, uh, send folks your way. So Alan, this was awesome. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. And, uh, look forward to continuing to see what you guys are uh, up to on the next episodes.
0: Absolutely. Now I believe that clarity releases energy. So I hope that this episode creates clarity for you by laying out a path forward in your business. Now, if you're interested in starting a podcast like this to help you break into a new industry or to establish yourself as an authority in a niche market, let's talk. We have a complete done-for-you podcasting service. That is my agency that I'm building and growing, and I'd love to talk to you about what we can potentially do for you You can learn more at pursuingresults.com to get a sense of what our service is all about. And if you're ready, if you're really seriously thinking about starting a podcast, I'm happy to brainstorm your ideas and talk about the positioning of your podcast within the market, something that you can take away whether we end up working together or not. So you can grab a time on my calendar for a podcast brainstorm call at bookjohnson.com. That is bookjohnson.com. I just want to thank you again for listening to the show, for leaving us a rating and a review on iTunes, and more importantly, for investing your time, your energy, your attention into the show. It really means the world to me that you would do that. So again, this is the UX podcast where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine, and we'll see you on the next episode.